Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Alongside Hollywood, Keith Pierce, and not alongside Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, because we don't know where the hell he is. And that's, you know what? That's part of his charm, everybody. But we have a great show for you today. We're talking about Jesse Marsh. Once again, Heath Pierce telling Premier League teams, you know what? I'm good, which is awesome that an American yeah. coach is in that position. We're also going to do a recap around the world for all of our players and all the leagues that are happening in our U.S. Men's National Team player pool. And we'll talk a little bit about maybe Wrexham. And their impact and whether it has an impact on American soccer or not. A lot to get into. But Heath, how are you? How was your weekend? I heard you were in Kansas City for the Sporting Kansas City game. Yeah, I was. I was uh, I was in uh, Kansas City, uh, as you mentioned. You saw, you saw, saw your name, name up on, on the wall? wall. Yeah, wall first fame, one I saw, it, I, I looked at the wall and I was like, oh, yeah, this is just a wall of people that I know I could beat in a fight. But it turns out <laughs> it was all the legends from the club, you know. Uh, easy, had, uh, easy, had, easy, easy. I had, had you up there. It had uh, Chris Klein up there. I was trying to think who else is it? Carries Chris Vagnes Klein's under a, a lot, of, a lot of pressure with the Galaxy. Just he wanna, is. He is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's just it is. It is one of the first things in a while that I've seen from from Major League Soccer. Just to shift onto that real quick. Uh, that that where the fans are are starting to continue to put like apply pressure and yes. protest. And and that's one side. And then obviously when that adds to a lack of 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 uh results that's that's the other other side as well in terms of the ambition on the field as well as just the connection to the community off the field right because when you just look at the last years with LAFC there is just a revitalization project to a legacy club that is the galaxy and it goes far beyond just like get us into the playoffs and help us win win a championship because there's a lot more to it than that yeah it's it's uh really Interesting. I do want to come back to that because there are some legacy clubs and even my sporting Kansas city are going through it right now. Heath, they're one of two clubs that are winless in MLS this season. That's hard to do seven weeks in to not win with the galaxy, right? With the galaxy. Yes. Galaxy (laughs) and sporting Kansas city, two legacy clubs that are absolutely struggling. So we'll, we'll break that down a little bit, uh, a little later when I would tie Wrexham into this conversation, but let's talk Jesse Marsh. Cause I think this is pretty big news. Mm -hmm. The fact that he has, said no to a couple situations, uh, a couple Premier League clubs, is interesting. Southampton was first. Leicester City is now coming to him. And from what I understand, I had some texting conversations with him about Southampton. We tried to get him on the show. And, uh, you know, he's chilling with his fam, as he does. But, but some of the insight that he gave me with regard to Southampton is that they just don't know what they want. 
they don't know where they want to go. There's not, it just felt like, or maybe the contract wasn't long enough. If I want to read between the lines, maybe they just wanted him for the rest of the season because I'm hearing that Leicester City in particular are very interested in getting Graham Potter. But Graham Potter, who just got fired from Chelsea to connect with these dots from you guys, for you guys, is that he doesn't want to get back into the managerial game until after the summer or in the summer he'll be open to taking a, sh- mm-hmm. a shot at it. And I think Leicester City's like, great, we'll take Jesse Marsh until the end of the year. He did it with Leeds the season before. I think Graham Potter can take over. And I'm sure Jesse could see that was happening. It was like, you know what? I'm going to pass. But uh, pretty cool that he's being a part of these conversations and even cooler that he's like, nah, <laughs> well, screw you guys. <laughs> I can see what you're trying to do. Like in the, in the yeah, in the world of like wages, right? He's still getting paid, so it's not like someone had to had to pay him out, and so it's not like he's desperate to go. Like I need to put food on the table. I think he's doing just fine on that side. So that changes like the the need or the speed at which you need to uh, take it, and it puts it into a different perspective. Which is like like you said, what's what's in it for me? Now, if he were to keep have kept Southampton in the league, Southampton in the league, or if he had kept Leicester in the league. What's the upside or the reward, right? You just find yourself out of a job maybe at the end of the year uh, or in the summer waiting for the next thing. And you kind of look at it. It's like, well, I did this for you. What's what are you doing? Like, what are you doing for me? You know, right, um, right. and now the risk of that is that you wait longer and longer and you remove yourself from the narr- narrative of, of, you know, there is a window right now that that he is proven to to especially be good looking at the end of last season with with leads and keeping them in the league but it's proven to be uh, in the conversation for a lot of things. But summertime comes, like you said, Graham Potter and other things start to pop up and you become part of a larger conversation where there's more coaches that are in the pool and there's more oppor- there's less opportunities because there's more coaches that you run that risk. But I, I respect his willingness to say, like, you know, I feel like I've proven enough things that the next opportunity is going to come. Uh, it just may not be in the form of the last six weeks of a season or 10 weeks, eight matches of a season to keep a team in the league. So, I think this next move is very important for him. Especially oh, it has to be. Off our, it's the biggest. Yeah. I think it's the biggest move of his. I mean, I, it's easy to career, say right? each move along the way, along the way, but yeah, of his career, I believe for sure. Right, RB Salzburg, excellent. RB Leipzig didn't go as well. I still think he got a bit of a raw deal, but maybe people in Leipzig can can say otherwise, or people that follow yeah, the Bundesliga very closely. And then he makes his he makes his move to Leeds, gets him to stay up. Mm-hmm. And then has some time, has a transfer window, starts to bring in some people that that fit Spends his DNA, money. spend some Spends money, money, yeah. and it's not looking much better than it did when he was trying to salvage the season, the season before. So yes, right. I think you're right. It feels like, at least at this very moment, that this next move is very, very important to his career and the perception of Jesse Marsh yeah. and, and what kind of manager he's going to be at some point. You have to put your you know flag in the ground and be like, this is the guy that I am. And right now, I feel like he's yeah. only got Salzburg to show for it. And the right. Red Bulls, well, too. Right? Well, got his yeah, he up. showed the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls is the thing where he established a, a style of play and a system and a willingness to do things differently than I think was being done in the league at that time, right? In terms of how they wanted to play. That was more of that energy drink soccer. And then, like you said, does really well when he comes to Europe. Gets some Has some assistant coaching um, kind of uh, credibility as well. But now this is the thing, and we, 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 it's no different for him right now than it is for Serginho Dest or another player where it's like the next move is the big one, right? Because mm-hmm. you've had some ups, you've had some downs, they've seen the potential. But now this is where you either fizzle out into being a coach at a certain level or, Serginho Dest's case, you show that you are a top-tier player or a top-tier manager in Jesse Marsh's case, right? It's that next one where it's like, You've been through a few things. You've had some successes, and now you've been through this rough patch. But you've proven some things along the way. Right. Uh, it's just, I think this is this next move is going to be a huge one for him, which is probably why he's being mindful. And for a manager, every ne- every move is the next move, right? Is the most important for your sure. like for your career. But um, hopefully, he gets an opportunity in a, in a situation that's not just about because like. I, I wouldn't have wanted to be judged judged as a player in my ability to survive relegation, right? Um, but he did make some spending, and I don't think that they thought they would go into the season with the money that they spend uh, looking at a relegation battle, right, at, at Leeds. So it'll be interesting to see um, what league, what team, what opportunity, what real opportunity he has, because there's not a lot of leagues now that are that are d- desperate to just keep a manager forever. I, no, that's that's very true. I don't think he's coming back to the States in any capacity now with the national team and not to MLS. That's not happening. When I spoke to him and I had that time over at Leeds uh, in August, 
he was very adamant that he had put a lot of time into the European game and he wanted to see, because I was peppering him about coming for the U.S. job. And obviously Greg was was in decent standing at that point. It's pre-World Cup and and uh, <laughs> the Raiders hadn't got involved in a meaningful way at that point. Man, so much drama over the last five or six months, Heath. But I just think that Jesse's going to be looking for that next job. So my question to you watching, to you, Heath, to mm -hmm. Charlie, whenever he decides to show up, and to anybody that's listening to this podcast platform of your choice, and hit follow and like and all that good stuff, five star reviews. We really appreciate that. Hit us up on Twitter, ISWT Pod. A follow there would be nice as well. Where does Jesse go next? Where's the next fit? I mean, he's proven himself in some capacity at the Premier League level. He's gotten a couple opportunities from, let's say, this this particular season, bottom half clubs. Do you think? The championship would be a good place for him. I mean, that is, for me, one of the hardest leagues to have success in. Is it is it going back to the Bundesliga? Is it Spain, Italy, France? It's it's. I don't know exactly. And I don't well, know what that situation looks like in terms of... Well, let me say it like this. Let's, let's scrape away the leagues. Because I, I think it's bigger than that. Where do you think he needs to go to really implement his system in a way where they'll believe and give him time to implement that system? I think it, I think it fits more, falls in more into that. That's first. Secondly, can he find a place where, or has he evolved as a coach that's going to allow him to, to be in a position where he's going to be challenged, where, where maybe All his right. system doesn't work for a couple of games? And what is he going to do about it, right? I mean, you can't always plan A, everything. And and not to say that he doesn't have a plan B and plan C. This guy is meticulous in his training, but but maybe his plan B and plan C adhere too closely to his plan A, or maybe he doesn't have the players to execute yeah. plan B and plan C. There's so much there, but I wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah. So if I'm looking at uh, the leagues right now, and 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 hear me out on this one because it could be a number of situations. But you've got right now at the bottom of the Bundesliga: Schalke, Hertha Berlin, Stuttgart, Bochum, Hoffenheim. When I think about Hoffenheim, when I think about Schalke, I think about – these are massive clubs. Hoffenheim, most recently massive, but like Schalke, traditional club. These are massive clubs. Mm -hmm. Now, when if, if two of those are for sure going down, one of them in a playoff, but if I look at the size of the clubs that would be going down to the second division and the budgets that they would have, I would look at that as a huge opportunity potentially for Jesse Marsh to come into the second division of the second Bundesliga because – the way in which he wants to play, I think, would fit the chaos of the second Bundesliga, right? Higher pressing up the field. Again, when I always I, I go back to the the, the comments that that um, Steve Trundle made about uh, Tillman coming to MLS, that he 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 had said that he was stuck in the second Bundesliga where he couldn't show his quality because there is like a a player like that that's a skill player doesn't get to show it because it's more about tactics and fighting and that type of thing. When I think about tactics and fighting and and how that modern Jesse style, <laughs> I, I, I think about, I, I just think about somebody like that, that can go, okay, I've got, I've on paper, I'm bringing a Schalke team. That's already the best in the second Bundesliga, right? Or I'm bringing a Hoffenheim team. That's already the best in the second Bundesliga. Then we're going to keep as many players as we can and make that run up to promotion. And I can deploy the style of play that will fit against this, where we can higher press up the field. We can win the ball in good spots. We can play this system of play or style of play that I think is advantageous with already a better team of players on the field. So you already have that head start of like, you're better than 90% of the teams in the second Bundesliga or 95% of the teams in the second Bundesliga and go after that as like an opportunity. Then from there, be part of a bigger picture strategy of a, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I don't think a Bochum would be where I would say that because I think they'll struggle to, to come back up. Maybe well, Schalke's a good shout. Schalke, Hertha Berlin, if they go, uh, they go down, um, you know, Hoffenheim. I think the Schalke, no, Schalke have obviously, um, been dancing in 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 a bad place where they were a Champions League yeah, club and a Europa yeah. League club before. Um, Hertha have also spent time in the second uh, division. Uh, Stuttgart as well, um, Bochum as well. But Hoffenheim, that's another one that 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 hasn't. And so when I think about just those teams, I think about could he come in there? Could he have a what I think is a head start? Because I want to give our our American coaches a head start, uh, a little gamified going into the second division with the best team, right. and then and then get them back to the first Bundesliga with a club that I think is worthwhile um, that will respect him for that and then give him a chance in the first Bundesliga. Okay, so that's interesting. I wonder to some of the comments that, that are being... But not now, the by the way. I mean summer. I mean, they're relegated. You take over when right, they're relegated. Right, right, right. You come right. in and you do and all you, that. And you can be Especially the hero that gets German, them back up. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good shout. I like that. I just wonder if he thinks he's, given his Premier League experience, thinks he's above that now. 
to 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 take that step back. But you're well, that's I, why you, Hoffenheim's a big club, right? One Schalke's step back, two club. steps forward. I yeah, get that. Yeah. Well, we have a we have an American at, at Hoffenheim right now, and and Pellegrino Materazzi, that didn't start great, but it's starting to uh, shape up pretty well. And John Brooks is is playing for him and starting to play. Yeah. Pretty they won well. three straight, so I don't think they go down. That's a little bit of a dream dream world. Well, but for like, a while there, they Martha were and Schalke. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's interesting that you say. Well, I guess I'm thinking about Vincent Company, who retired from Manchester City, obviously heavily decorated player for Man City, decides he wants to get into management, takes over Anderlecht in Belgium for a couple of years. And then he he then goes on to coach at Burnley. Like he took a second division job. And mm-hmm. I find that in, in the championship, and though for all the people that follow the championship, they're going to be like, well, Burnley Sport spends more money than anybody else, and they have that parachute payment from getting relegated and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're still, still really hard. Still really hard. They let go of a lot of guys, and they signed a lot of younger players and, and, and some really smart signings, and he put all that together, and they set a record for getting promoted back to the Premier League faster than anybody else this season. And, and now, okay, so Jesse, let's just say that. Let's say Jesse does that with Schalke. He goes to second Bundesliga, and he does that because they're probably going to have a bigger budget than most of the other teams. And he demonstrates that he has the success to get the most out of these particular group of players. But when he gets back to the Bundesliga, when Vincent Company gets up to the Premier League, I think we're really going to see what kind of manager Vincent Company is. And and when when you're when teams figure you out. And I think what happened with Jesse at Leeds, especially this season, was that a couple of games in, right? Everything was golden. They beat Chelsea 3-0 at home. They're moving along in the cup competition. Everything was fine. And then teams are like, ah, I think we know how to unlock them. We know how to stymie them. And then players, the things that they were doing before weren't available. Maybe Rodrigo got hurt. You know, all of a sudden these little things come in. Their center backs giving up a ton of set piece, whatever. And they just can't get out of their own way. And I think that's when you find out what kind of manager you really are. And he didn't face that at Salzburg too much. Um, in the Bundesliga with RB Leipzig, he did and got fired. And very quickly, they just, it's crazy how quickly they made that decision. And then with Leeds, they gave him a little bit more rope, but it just wasn't enough. So I'm very curious to see I, this, this, and I, I wanted to extrapolate out this idea about Jesse because I believe that there's there's just a lot. And this this yeah. to your point, this is a really important decision for his career. I, I I did see, you know, I I I listened to an interview last week with Peter Vermees, obviously SKC, one of the two teams, as you mentioned, that haven't won a game yet this year. Mm-hmm. And he talked about like just how easy it is to manage when things are good. Like how easy it is to when things are going well to just put out the best team and win games, right? When things are going well, then it's like, he was like, well, then everybody's like, yeah, that team is so good. Look at the players, the quality of the players. The manager knows what he's doing, like blah, 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 when things are going good. But he's like, the real definition is how you manage when things are bad, right? Mm -hmm. That's good um, management and coaching and these types of things. And 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 I think there's there's a interesting thought to that when I think about a player's career, right? Managing your life when things are bad uh, versus when things are good. And also for a coach, more importantly, when things are good versus when things are bad. Now, most coaches get a very short window when things are bad before they're gone, um, but how they manage that or avoid going from like we're off to being like catastrophic consequences. And so, yeah, I would I would love to see uh, Jesse Marsh in, in an environment that, that – uh, you know, I think Salzburg showed like they're by and by and large, like continuing. They're going to always continue to do really, really well at the top. Leeds is a very different world than that. Leipzig is a different world than that. So where does he fit into the world of coaching where he can say, I gave everything and I succeeded or failed versus like, you know how it is, Jimmy, you could be in a team and you can be like, well, I played really well, but the team sucks, right? There's plenty <laughs> of like those types of scenarios where like, you're like, there's nothing I can do. And for a coach, same thing, right? Where it's like, there's I like, you feel like you were given like the, 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 you, you drew the short stick. And, yeah. Yeah. And, if, um, if, if Luke Ayling doesn't want to mark on the back post, what are you going to do about it? You know, if yeah, Patrick yeah, Bamford you gonna, can't score yeah, goals yeah. for leads, what are you going to do? Like you can yeah. only do so well, much from the sideline when you've well, created you those opportunities, spent a hundred million. So that's what you did. Um, but like, well, you know, you're not getting it. rewarded by your players, uh, in, in, in this context right now. And then we see a high, high with him last week. And then we see him get battered in the second half, uh, against crystal against palace. Crystal palace. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get into that game and obviously our player pool with the U.S. men's national team as we take our first break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, though, do you think Jesse Marsh would ever take over Wrexham, Keith? Because I know we want to talk about Wrexham later. I mean, they're probably too far down the totem pole at this point. 
they're in League Two, right? No, they're below that. They're in the sixth Sorry, division. They're, yeah. So then they would go into they would go into League Two, like promotion. Yeah, League two. I, I think so. I think. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, they've got guys on like apparently from what I read, like four four grand a week wages. Like there, there, there's a gamification there happening. Um, yeah, we want to uh, get that. Would be fun. Game. Like, look, Hoffenheim did that. Hoffenheim just rose up. Uh, Leipzig rose up. Right, there was a plan around that. Around like, um, you know, uh, Rosen Ball Sport Leipzig because we won't call them by the 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 name. Um, <laughs> Did Scheisse. that and then ended up keeping some of those players all the way into the first division, including, you know, a, a number of the kind of big name guys came in very early on as part of the project that showed you like they're not one level above uh, the competition they started in. They were like three levels above uh, the quality that they were bringing in part of that project. So that could be a fun thing. But like Wrexham to the uh, to the to the Premier League is a mighty, mighty ask and task yeah, uh, to, to, that's to do ways it the right ways, way. But it seems and like they have the ambition to try to. Try I don't to get think there. you're getting Hollywood money uh, up to that point. You're going to need uh, you're going to need sovereign funds to be able to <laughs> one like seriously, like imagine the players you're going to need to be like maybe the next two divisions. You can handle that. But to go all the way up to the Premier League uh, as a project. Man. Well. As we're seeing with Chelsea, money can't buy you trophies. All right, we're going to take our first break of In Soccer With Chelsea. When we come back, we'll talk about some more stuff that I think you guys want to hear about. So don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, everybody. Welcome to In Soccer We Trust, or welcome back, I should say. And really big news we have to announce to all of you right now. CBS Sports Galasso Network, the first of its kind. And I want to emphasize this word. It's free. 24-7 channel dedicated exclusively to global soccer coverage, or we like to call the beautiful game, is launching tomorrow, Tuesday, Ooh. April 11th, on the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, and Paramount+. Plus. So get your money morning started off on the right foot at 7 a.m. with Morning Footy, our weekday soccer culture-driven morning show with our very own Charlie Davies. Plus, don't miss the rest of our comprehensive programming lineup, including live matches and re-airs, original studio shows, highlights, documentaries, and much more. CBO Sports Galazzo Network is the ultimate year-round streaming destination for fans of the beautiful game like all of us. So go make that happen. It's very exciting news, Heath Pierce. Uh, there was a press release that came out about it, and I snuck in there. <laughs> did. So I'm going to be part of that coverage. A couple new shows coming up. Morning footy, box to box, which should be a lot of fun with Poppy Miller and uh, Ian Joy and Aaron West. So uh, you're going to see my smiling face from time to time on this it. new channel. So I'm excited about that. And you're my mole the, uh... anyway. So like I'm trying to get on the second <laughs> second press release, you know. So if you're in, if you snuck in there, I'm like I'm 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 riding the coattails of of all my friends over there. So I'm so, right. I'm super excited for it, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be no, really it's gonna awesome. be amazing. Think, it's gonna be amazing. I think the sport and, needs more and more of these types of uh, this programming and 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 shows that 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 help to one create accessibility for people to have more for the sport, but just use more of all that. Like we are inundated with sports and leagues and rights and all these things um, that, that just to be able to, to give people more access to the game is amazing. Yeah. I think access and accessibility are, are the two words that really jump out. I love that it's free, right? I think that makes it even more accessible for, for people that want to know more about the game. And what I love about these shows, I've done a couple rehearsals, so much fun and so much love trying to, to make something that, people want to consume and to be a part of this community. So shout out to everybody behind the scenes. That There's times that I wish we rehearsed on here because then I wouldn't say stupid things. But unfortunately, <laughs> when we go when we go stream of consciousness, baby, I got a lot to say sometimes. And yeah, uh, yeah. 
sometimes Shout out to, in my bed at night. Yeah, maybe maybe our bed. show, maybe this show can can make it to the big time. Ooh, I like maybe that. We, I like maybe that. we'll get promoted, right? Yeah. Uh, to yeah. to the first division. I don't know. We have to wait and see. But shout out to Spicy Pineapple who says the YouTube comments coming up with us as well, and that is exactly right. We appreciate your support. So thank you for that over the last year, year and a half. All right, let's talk about a couple topics. I, one of the ones I want to get into is about Ricardo Pepe. Mm-hmm. Uh, because apparently he's at Groningen right now on loan from Augsburg, who purchased him from FC Dallas, just to connect all those dots for everybody. And Derek Ray, who's a friend of ours, said mm-hmm. that he insists, Ricardo Pepe insists that he's not going back to Augsburg after the Groningen loan. Though the club, Augsburg, insists that he's part of the plan. So we have what I like to call a good old-fashioned conundrum here. Uh, I'll go on and say that uh, Ricardo Pepe is on quote saying, I won't go back to Augsburg and have let the club know. Mm. Uh, Augsburg have said are planning with him and have no intention of allowing a transfer as ahead mm-hmm. of next season. Pepe's rep, Jaime Garcia, has been critical of Augsburg for allegedly not communicating with Pepe, the coach, per Pepe not speaking to him, unknown which coach he means, and then director, twice not turning up to a meeting with Ricardo and, and, and Jaime. So uh, this is, this is interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, got some drama here with Ricardo Pepe, who actually also came out and said, which I thought was cool that while he, why he was drawn to ground again was that Luis Suarez also uh, had a stay there at that club early on in his career. And it's looking like Ricardo Pepe could eclipse the numbers that uh, Luis Suarez had when he, I think he played 35 some games and, and Ricardo Pepe might have more goals and assists by when he gets up to that number as well. So what are you thinking about this? And if Ricardo Pepe, I mean, we have obviously talked about him staying in the, in the Dutch league and trying to get yeah. up to Feyenoord or, or PSV or, or one of the top clubs that's always competing in, in Europe. Well, what, the, what does this mean now? And, and if he goes back to Augsburg, I feel like the guy is going to be miserable because he looked miserable when he first got there. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, obviously there there's some airing of dirty laundry, which I don't really like for a young player to speak about that sort of stuff or even an agent to like use specific examples. Like, I know you want to tell your side of the story, but I feel like there's like that. That's a little bit like, well, they said you were going to call him and they didn't call him and like that kind of stuff. Oh, I think is push to a point i mean this seems like it's happened multiple times and, and at what point oh yeah i don't think he's wrong i i think it, you if you get brought into a club and you're a young player that spent this much money you are constantly stuck between prove proved us that you're worth this money right and yeah. during the time that he was there survive relegation and those two things don't go together a young player that's a goal scorer being given limited minutes can never prove himself so i think the agent's right in that like what do you do with 20 to 30 minutes a game and then, and then also the pressures of, of relegation. Now the club is also sliding down to the bottom of the table again um, as we speak. And so uh, if I were him, I'm looking at it going like, I'm actually having fun. I'm enjoying myself. And the Dutch league's going to fit a guy like that, right? 4-3-3 systems generally where he's going to get the ball in and around the goal. He's going to get multiple chances a game to score. He's going to be able to create things on his own. Um, you know, you play a little bit more of a, a, a uh, aesthetically pleasing style of play. So I like... I like the idea uh, of him staying. I don't love that they're kind of airing that in this way because I think it's really, it puts it into a very challenging situation that if you're a fine order or a PSV, you're kind of like, unless you're aware of the tactic around why he's doing that, you're kind of like, oh, is this player going to be one where if he doesn't start for me, he's going to come out and talk or he's going to say something like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. sort of thing for a young player. Uh, he's, He's way too young to be kind of like, open up opening up about being like i'm absolutely not going back to a club because that's also just not how the world works right they could bring him back and just go go sit in the corner for a couple years uh, which they wouldn't do and he knows he has leverage with the fact that they paid a bunch of money for him but i don't love that coming out um but i don't disagree okay there's a part of me yeah i i i don't know if if this is the right tactic and i agree with you on that sentiment but there's a part of me that kind of appreciates that he backs himself so much that he's like yeah I don't want to go there. You know, I, 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 I believe in myself so much that even if anybody tried to hold me back, I'm still going to figure out a way to have success. But, maybe, but, maybe I'm but, leading but, way but Jimmy, Okay. That's one part though. But the other part is if you remember, it was sort of a hostile exit from FC Dallas. It was, you and, know, and, sort of forced himself out of that. That's true. And so now you're like, okay, one example that didn't work out. Now you're out outwardly facing about this other example, like this situation. So there's a pattern. There's a pattern. There's a pattern there that I'm like, 
You're young, emerging. like you are performing, you're doing really well. The opportunity is going to present itself, but forcing it publicly, I just go like, who is, who's giving this type of advice? Yeah, Maybe it's right. a personality it's a, it's thing. A red it's I'm a red like, flag. Yeah. 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 It's a red flag. But I do like players that have a little chip on their shoulder. Oh, me too. I, I love it. I, I love it. I love, but I now, but things. every time I double down on Pepe and say he's he's the greatest, like I need him to deliver. And now you're creating another little bit of a uh, uh, a mountain for us to overcome collectively, Pepe and I. You know, to to, right, to deliver. Right. Yeah, we'll Stay see what happens now, score with, a bunch uh, of with the with the Pepe hype train. Choo choo. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Uh, let's go to Chelsea. They lost. 1-0 to Wolves. Very important win for Wolves as they continue to try to scrape above the relegation zone. Chelsea, incomplete. I don't know. Dumpster fire. It's just, when you look at this team on paper, I don't even know how they could ever, ever lose a game. I mean, you got, well, Kepa, I guess, uh, has his own stuff to go along with. We got Reese James, Fofana, Koulibaly, Kukurea, Gallagher, Enzo Fernandez, Kovacic, Joao Felix, Havertz, Raheem Sterling. When you, when you start to read out those names... You're like, whoa, when did an all-star team join uh, the Premier League? <laughs> but they just, they, they play like that. And I know it's not easy for anybody in Frank Lampard's situation to to just all of a sudden solve it. But you'd like to think he'd been studying the team and would have some ideas. Maybe well, some sort of bounce, three. some sort of response. Yeah, like a response. Uh, Christian did come in, Christian Pulisic. He came on with about, what, 22 minutes left, it looks like? No, sorry, he came on with about 29 minutes left. He was the first sub off the bench, so that's promising. For Kai Havertz, and uh, I don't know how much of a difference he made per se, but at least he was being trusted to make an impact, and I think that's good. So now I wonder, because Chelsea plays against Real Madrid, Heath Pierce, for everybody listening slash watching, do you think that Super Frank, given how lackluster Chelsea, not that they weren't dangerous, but they're not clear making clear-cut opportunities that they're just missing, right? They're, they're still, yeah. feels very individualistic, but do you think that Christian could potentially get the start against Real Madrid knowing he's got a pretty good track record against them in European competition. I would I would love for him to get the start, but I think that individualism I think is a is a really funny thing because even though we've we've pitted Pulisic individually against all the other teammates there, I think about the rhythm and the fact they brought in so many players that how do you actually find right in the perfect years all those players play for the team and you figure it out and and you and you 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 win things like Champions League and the league. Um uh, or in, in the Abramovich days. But but um, when I look at it now, I think about it through the lens of like, you bring in all these players, like who's the leader, right? Who's controlling that locker room? Who owns the who owns that locker room? Who is accountable for that? And when I think about just all of that mixed in, you got a bunch of guys trying to prove themselves, right? And that sometimes throws team tactics and team chemistry out the window, especially when there's not just like foundational players that are going to be the ones that... that um, Sort of have a collect, like bring all that individualism into a collective uh, mission, and then change of managers, change of ownership, all those things. Man, that's tough. But I would love to see Christian Pulisic get an opportunity, um, but not too much because I need him to leave in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> enough to do something, but not enough to do nothing. You know, that's what I wanted to. Yeah, Chelsea hit the road to play Real Madrid, the reigning champs, in Madrid on Wednesday. The game will kick off at noon Pacific, three p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus. And uh, that should be a very good one. Lots of the good games in the Champions League. Um, Milan, Napoli, Benfica, Inter, Man City, Bayern Munich. I mean, those are uh, the last eight. So uh, very exciting to see how that's all going to play out. Now, I think what's interesting, Heath, is with regard to a couple of our players that did some other things this weekend. Mm -hmm. and, and one that I wanted to talk about was Timo Weah again getting 90 minutes at right back for Lille. Love they it. lost one zero to Angers. he lost one zero to Angers. Um, you know Austin Trussie continued to get 90 minutes. Malik Tillman, I did want to talk about Malik Tillman because it was the old firm between Celtic and Rangers this weekend. Celtic won three to two. Malik Tillman played 69 minutes. He played centrally, right underneath uh, Alfredo Morelos for Rangers, and he just these are the games that we wanted to see him step up and make a difference, right? And I mm -hmm. thought he was pretty quiet in this particular game. It was a great game, though. It was fun to watch. Joe Scali, 76 minutes, and uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach got the start in their 2-0 win versus Wolfsburg. Good to see that. You know, I just... Um, Chris Richards is hurt. He was out, not in the 18. For, Balogun uh, scored a penalty. Balogun did score a penalty. He's crushing it. So I don't know. It's it's. I don't know where you want to go with this. I, maybe we should talk leads a little bit because I think that situation's getting a little sticky. We talked about Ricardo Pepe. 
And they lost 5-1 to Crystal Palace, by the way, Leeds. And uh, Weston McKinney's on loan from Juve. What does this situation look like? I doubt he's going to want to stay with Leeds if they go down. Uh, Brendan Aronson had an assist this weekend, but from what I've read from all the Leeds stuff, I, I think they're just in general, they're, they're just frustrated in, overall and, and want to see more from a player that they invested quite a bit of money into. And, and I think he's just trying too hard. He had that post-World Cup stuff, and now I think he's in the trying-too-hard camp, and and uh, I feel for the guy. But you still have to go out there and produce, and it just maybe wasn't enough for what they paid. I just I don't know where you want to go, man. This is uh, I mean, tough. We obviously have a lot I of MLS say... results, and and Yunus uh, Musa came on as a substitute last two games. Valencia look on the verge of getting relegated. It's just... Uh, I, I mean, Kevin Paredes. Yeah, give me something um, positive. <laughs> he came out as a sub man. for 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, um, it's tough, yeah. man. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, Zach Steffen lost 2-1 to Burnley. That's right. Burnley ended up qualifying or getting promoted now with that win. And uh, Middlesbrough is not too far off from getting promoted themselves as they fight. Oh, well, you know what? Let's go to Ethan Horvath. He got his 18th clean sheet which ties him for the championship lead in in Luton Town uh results I think that that's a positive <laughs> yeah but I mean uh, that's that's where I was I, I always think about his like, situation it was a, kind of a slow like, weekend for Americans having success everywhere yeah well he's he's an example of where I'm like would Jesse Marsh like to go and coach Luton Town Given the fact that they're really good this year, yeah, it's more attractive. I, I, but given the fact I, that they're, I want to see Pep Guardiola you... coach Luton Town and see yeah. how he would do with those guys. Exactly. Like, like there is, they could every. There's a lot of teams in the championship that could have their year every year, right? Um, but there's very few that are kind of primed and poised from a budget standpoint and the depth standpoint to actually know they're going to challenge, right? Right. Uh, Luton Town's one that. Maybe maybe somebody who's a fan of Luton Town would say, "Hey, this has been a project that's been happening for a long time. We saw this coming, um, and the success that they're having." But for me, I think more about um, you know other clubs for for Jesse Marsh than than maybe a Luton Town is. But yeah, amazing for for him to continue to have the success he's having. Yeah, Haji Wright also scored in in Turkey, and um, so th there's that. I don't. It, it was a pretty slow week for 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 guys hitting stats, right? Getting the stats mm -hmm. on stats on stats. So we're a little slow in, in that capacity, but um, it, it's I let, I wanted I want to take a, a a trip down this rabbit hole a little bit if you don't mind, Heath. Okay. Yeah. Because Timo Weah is getting so much action at that right back spot, what do you do with that? Do because because if you bring him back in, it's not to say he won't remember how to play, you know, on the wing for us. But it's just different. You've been getting your your reps in different ways. And I know that they made a sub recently in a game where he ended up pushing up. They went to like a 4-5-1, and he pushed up to the winger spot, and somebody else came in. It was a little more defensive-minded in that right-back spot. And and then they subbed him off from that, that wing spot. But I wonder what that means. I, I do, because I wonder he's going to start to settle in and feel more comfortable in that mm. spot. And maybe that's then where he wants to move going forward. And I'm always thinking, okay, do are we in a position where – we could play somewhat of a three, four, two, one, or you know, whatever. Maybe some kind of iteration of this formation. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's, I mean, when I, I uh, when I'm how old's Timo Weah? Twenty. I'm gonna guess team twenty four. Okay, let's. It might uh, be too old. Twenty three. Oh, it's close. Yeah, Timothy. 20, so twenty three. Okay. Uh, I, I meant to say 23 and I said, Timothy, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's tw Timothy years old. Uh, if I said that mumbled, you, you would think I said it. Um, no, he, he, uh, I was 22, I believe when I got to Germany and I came in as a left back and I spent most of the first Bundesliga season playing right or left midfield. And the reason I, I say that is because. I thought that my tools as an attacker would be better as as a defender because I could defend primarily first and be able to to attack. And they ended up playing me almost all my games. I would say three quarters of them that season were were in the midfield. And I had to accept that this was a new role, right? I had to change my mentality a little bit and be a little bit more ruthless, a little bit more. You know, I was going to put in the same defensive shift, but I needed to know what moments when I needed to cheat up a little bit and when I needed to contribute uh, in other ways. And so. When I think about Timo Weah, your first step is like, 
the option is play or don't play, right? And you want to play. So mm-hmm. you're going to play mm-hmm. wherever, whether it's left back or right back. And then from there, figuring out how you can be impactful in your own way that feels uh, stimulating and, and fulfilled, right? Because we've all done things in, in soccer. Actually, you spend a couple of days a week sometimes doing stuff you don't necessarily love to do in order for the team to get better or for you to do the work that's going to prep you for the for the game. And so that's one where you almost have to, if you fight it, you'll never be a good right back, right? He'll never be there because you'll always be whatever. But if he finds his own hybrid version of that, that could be a use for the national team. It could sure, be something where you're like, well, maybe he doesn't have the consistent final product or maybe we've got a better player in form if it's, um, if it's Gio Reyna at some point or we have some big star player that emerges, his next step could be, okay, well, if I want to be on the field, I need to find a way that I can be on the field. And that could be, being really strong defensively, but also being uh, a secondary attacker as a, as a, as a right fullback, and that could be could be a wor- worth a lot to the national team. It could be worth a lot to a lot of clubs as well. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of shouts in the comments, Heath, about Alfonso Davies, how he plays left back for Bayern Munich, but then for his national team, he plays more of a winger, sometimes even a striker. <laughs> so yes, that would be a nice comparison. He plays and wherever wonder, he wants to play with the national. That's team, true. Though, that's fair. true. Like, yeah, his and, his and and for Bayern, they have the ball all the time. Uh, so he's kind of a winger already. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and uh, defensively, you can tell that's not where what he loves to do. <laughs> that's not his first instinct. Though he's improved a lot defensively, and that's only going to make him a better player. To your point, right? Once you get a taste of another position, and they asks of that particular position, and. and what I find interesting, and, and even when we coach, Heath, I'm sure we're kind of just saying this to a lot of our players, and, and we heard it ourselves for many years, that if you play a different position and you understand what the asks are of that particular position, especially if they're a little deeper and they're on your side of the field, so winger to, to outside back, then you now know how to maybe support that position. So when he does play wing, for us, he'll probably be better at supporting the position or the player on the ball at the, at the right back position because he knows what's being asked and the timing could be a little bit better. So ultimately I agree with your sentiments that it's just going to make it more well-rounded. I just wonder what that means for the national team and how do we best position him to be as successful as possible while still trying to figure that out. And that's why these guys get paid millions of dollars to put that puzzle together. Like uh, Alfonso Davies though is a really good defender. He might he, not be he, the best defender, but he, he commits to defending. Um, he does now. I feel like he he relied on his speed when he first got to Bayern. Like he just like I'm, and he is faster. I you know he obviously can read the game tremendously, but he didn't need to because he could always. I'll just catch up to. I'll catch up to the play. There's so much. Well, you and I have been on this for a long time. There's been a lost art of defending, but yes, the first part of defending is just the willingness and the desire to want to do it, and he's added that to his game tenfold since he first but that's the difference between, because, he ha- because he had to <laughs> otherwise that's going to be playing. the difference between him and a Serginho Dest of saying if Serginho Dest is in form then you want him on the field because of what he does going forward from the right back spot but you're always going to trade that off with which is if he's up on the field or if he's cheating forward if he's that dynamic threat going forward you are giving up something on the other end which is defensively either the space or his one-on-one defending if Timo Weah can develop that side of his game and, and commit to being a really strong 1v1 or lockdown defender, in a, again, it's not always it's not going to ne- ever be his like number one thing, but if he can do that, that could be the differentiator of when you start to roll out a roster come 2026, you go, well, do I go with the Timo Weah, who I know has a lot of these attributes, not as good as Serginho Dest on the ball, but can go forward and do a lot. Plus, I know that I can trust him defensively. Yeah, I thought that Serginho Dest of the World Cup was probably as pragmatic, I don't know if that's the right word, as he's ever been, where he's really thoughtful about when he was going to join and when he was going to drop off. I will say what must be, when I start to think about it, having him and Wea, Dest and Wea, be on the same side of the field and knowing that they could interchange very comfortably, if let's that's say Dest bombs the form, Wea could just drop in and be like, Hey, I play this for my club team all the time. No problem to stay up there because Dest is excellent. He has played winger for Barcelona. He has shown that for, for Ajax and, and uh, he's very comfortable in those spaces as well. To have two guys that are that interchangeable is pretty delicious. I'd like to say, I don't know if I'm picking all the right words today, but uh, I'm going to go with delicious because that sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. All right. We're going to take our second and last break of in soccer. We trust when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Wrexham's impact on the American game, if there is any, and uh, maybe how we could tap into that a little bit. So don't go anywhere. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, you in soccer. We trusters. We want to remind everybody that if you're a U.S.-based fan of the beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from NWSL to the Champions League to Serie A and so much more in between. So uh, if you're not sure if it's for you, and I don't know why you would think that, but just in case, then you can try one month for free by using the code NWSL2023, NWSL2023. And as we bring up the NWSL very quickly, we should let everybody know that we have a sister podcast in CBS Sports called Attacking Third. Go subscribe to that. Our friends Sandra and Lisa are absolutely crushing it over there. And uh, some big news, obviously, with Mallory Swanson, Heath Pierce, getting hurt for the U.S. women's national team. That's going to rule her out of the World Cup. And she'd really been coming into her own. A little unfortunate because she'd had maybe a bit of a neck injury. They could have maybe taken her off. They elected to keep her on. And then she tears her knee or she tore her patella ton. It's just she's going to be out for a while. And it sucks because uh, we, I think we were going to be counting on Mallory Swanson to lead us to glory for the Women's World Cup this summer in Australia. But um, NWSL action happening, some great games, some great teams, and uh, excited to see how the league unfolds this season. All right, Heath, talking about leagues, talking about different teams playing elsewhere. We did tease Wrexham, who had a big 3-2 win today against Knott's County. They were both tied on top of the table. There's only one spot for promotion, which really adds some intrigue and pressure, and they got the job done. But we talked off camera, and and, uh, you brought up a good point about how they're spending about what, five, six times more money than everybody else? Yeah. And so it, it kind of gets them out of that underdog story and into more, maybe an underdog story as it, as it pertains to trying to compete with the Premier League clubs, right? But but w- within their own league, they are the Man Cities, let's say, where they're spending more money than every absurd amounts of money to try to get into where they want to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't. again, I don't know. Sure you the, don't. Just tell us the... what you know, Keith. <laughs> I, I don't know enough to, to 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 like criticize the model that they have, but I do know that they are spending and have been spending on 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 the high end, right? Which is a high risk situation. If you spend and don't get the results, right? They've just moved into first place with four games to go. That's the automatic. Um, what's the PP? Oh, what's PPV? Pay per view. Yeah, pay per view um, model. Because right now, if you wanted to watch that game live today. You could go to Rexham's website and pay 10 bucks, or you can go to the National Football League's website and pay 10 bucks to watch mm-hmm. that. And so they they to to Dan Kane's comment, they've created that model because that's what Ryan Reynolds, within what a year of owning the team, maybe less than that, he's like, How can people not watch our games if they want to watch it? Why is it why is it so hard for that to happen? And so they've made some noise and created a model to make that happen. Now is it because they're massive celebrities? Probably. That that probably helped move the needle a little bit and bring more visibility to this particular issue. But not every club's going to have that luxury. 
And so I, I think what was interesting is you now I'm throwing, I feel like I'm throwing you under the bus, but where, where you said it loses some of its romanticism because it's not like a straight underdog story when they're spending that type of money. And I think there's some truth to that that I think needs to at least be discussed. Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think that's, that's, that's spot on. They are, I, I honestly don't know enough to, to say what I know, what the long-term goals or ambitions are of the club. Um, it's gotta be the Premier league, right? I haven't actually, I don't know if I've heard Ryan and Rob mention. Right. But I assume and I see, like, I see some comments in here ladder. where like they're bringing exposure to the national league. And I'm like, but what, what exposure does the national league want or need? Right. That's one club um, that's getting the attention and, 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 and how they're doing it is getting the attention. What I would love to know is um, just sort of what the long, like how that's going to improve the national league one, maybe it's the pay-per-view model, but the, the, that model in itself, I think, only applies to when there is a global or a larger, I guess, um, you know, locally you'll sell that to people because they want to watch the games, right? If, if, if they can, uh, but, but to the rest of the world, there has to be an appeal to it. And I think Wrexham's doing a good job of creating that global or at least U S, um, or regional appeal in, in, in North America to why you should watch. Now, what I think is different though, is like, you're going to watch now, right? You're going to watch because there's four games left. You may, you might pay to see if they're going to be able to go on, go on and do it, but I'm not watching Wrexham all season long at a, a pay-per-view model because one, I don't, I don't care. Right. And the quality is not a product that I want to entertain or, or, or watch. It's, it's sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's, it, it can be a really rough watch. So, um, there is windows of time like now where there is a real excitement to 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 what they're doing and what they're building, and I think that's where where you really get the Americans involved to to wanting to support, right? Because otherwise, National League, you're talking about local support, which is an amazing, amazing history um, in um, uh, in uh, the UK. And so, uh, for me, it's just about where they go from here and and what the model is. I would love to see a report on on all of them. I'm sure there's stuff out there, but yeah, I don't know much about it. But I think anything that they're doing to help grow the game in a different way in the U.S. I think is a, is is a, is a welcomed. Um, Do you think that it is growing the game? I mean, it's it's creating visibility. Now we had someone in the comments, Ron, who uh, really told us how he felt. He's like, I hate Rexham. I hate all the new plastic Rexham fans, and I hope they don't get promoted. So tell us how you really feel, Ron. Uh, but but I guess if you're local to that, or if if you're not into, you know, obviously hopping on the bandwagon is probably the best way to say it. It is still raising the visibility of the game and how powerful the game can be when it brings people together, which is what we're drawn to, right? The sense of community. This, this is what we love about the podcast. We have a whole bunch of people here that love the game, that love the sport and just want to talk about it and discuss it. And, and uh, that's really impactful, I think, for, for lives to, to be able to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And I think Wrexham has done a good job of that. And obviously, Rob and Ryan have leaned into the the media side, the entertainment side of what they know and what they're good at, and have really taken it to the next level. And I just feel like there are other clubs. Let's just bring it to MLS. MLS clubs that could potentially do something similar. Now, they're not going to have the same history as Wrexham. So that's a little bit different. You're not going to have some guy who left his pub to his son. Like that's We're just not there yet, right? We're only, what, 29 years into the MLS history, I should say. The game's been mm-hmm. around country for a long time which makes me wonder why the open cup isn't championed enough in this particular that's one of my questions because that does have the history that does have so many incredible stories to share and 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 to to get out there so so in terms of visibility i think it has done a good job of of at least people talking about the sport right very similar in some ways from an mls perspective when david beckham showed up like people were talking to me about david beckham nonstop when he Sign for the gallery. It was insane. I'm like, wow, we finally become a water cooler topic. People have an opinion on something happening in MLS. And I think that's that's pretty special. And I think Wrexham has kind of cracked that nut as well. What do you think about the visibility here in the US? And I assume that that impact is positive, but there are some that we've seen Jim Curtin with regard to Ted Lasso think that maybe some of these things that are some stereotypes that are being perpetuated aren't necessarily a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's a unique story. You know, the sustainability of that's going to be based on their ability to be competitive, right? Um, last year, it was a dramatic uh, ending that kept them um, in the same league again. And now they've got to go and spend the same amount of money. I was actually reading this this um, 
athletic article about just sort of like you got to be willing to foot that bill every year. There's a high risk in in that, and there's an excitement around it. And they've 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 earned some incomes from streaming, and you got documentaries, and they got all these other ways in which you can drive new income into a club that are unique to to these celebrities, right? That not everyone's going to have the same charm or 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 access to to uh, something like that that can that can drive awareness to the club, build the brand with the club. They're coming on this tour now, and they're setting up games with a whole bunch of. Um, Teams that's are playing right. in the, I, forgot the, the, the they were, I thought tournament. I forgot they were coming to the U.S. this summer. That's right. Yeah, they're coming. They're coming in the summer. They're playing big games. They're playing in that the uh, the soccer tournament, the seven v seven. Probably play against your team. I hope. Uh, listen, the group draw for that million dollar take all seven v seven tournament that I'm a part of. Me and Demarcus Beasley have a team together. I hope we draw Wrexham <laughs> in the group stages. Anyway, okay. keep going, Heath. When 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 is that draw? The draw is May fourth. May the fourth okay. be with you, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, and so I, I, I think again the the um, the 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 wages are probably higher. Um, yeah, um, than than everybody else in the league. So you're taking risks over and over again. I I kind of like that idea of 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 going for it um, when there's a plan in place. But um, I, I I think the story is great because it gives us something to talk about, gives people something to talk about, a different way in which you can approach the game. I've always dreamed of having. Not necessarily the way in which Wrexham are doing it, but I would love to think about the Central Valley and where I grew up, right? I was talking to um, USL for a long time about Modesto or Stockton or Turlock or Merced and these markets that, you know, what is the community aspect that's focusing on driving the community together and being able to be impactful and leave the community better than you found it? Won't have the national appeal. No one's going to care about where I grew up, but I could care about where I grew up and, and having an impact. And I, I like what that does for the game and gives people a different level of sort of ownership and connection to a, to a community in, in, in ways that are different. So what they're doing is, is truly unique, but time will tell sort of what the overall impact is, but them using their celebrity to grow it, them using their access to grow it, I think is a fantastic thing. Even if, yeah. even if it's not, like you said, this, um, or like I said before, this like romantic story about, you know, we take over this thing that's in, you know, in dire condition, and then they just magically create this heroic thing, right? They're spending to 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 grow in the way. I that think that's maybe the be. under maybe that's the underdog side of it that we're or that I'm not linking automatically. We're kind of just looking at on the field, but off the field, it does feel kind of underdogish. Like, hey, okay, you got these owners; they're willing to spend. They're trying to be thoughtful about how they spend, and they want to build something special, but there's no guarantee that it'll work. Right. And I guess that they, they could have the chucked like, their name into something big and just been like, Oh yeah, I'm an owner. I'm part of an ownership group and right. blah, blah, blah. I've been a passive owner. Right. But this seems to be, you know, uh, pretty hands-on when they had their big game last year, my neighbor here, who my kids go to school with grew up with Rob and, and he invited them out and he's like a big Philly sports fan, all Philly. Right, right, but right. all of a sudden he was on a plane to go to England to, to see this game as, as, as a close friend that he grew up with who I don't think otherwise would have, Probably been, you know, right, he, he is right, like, right, right. you know, Flyers, Phillies, you know, um, Eagles, so, and that's it. That's kind of a cool thing to see that conversion on some level. No, no, for sure. 100%. And I think that's how you make inroads, right? And then hopefully that guy's like, hey, I want to go to uh LAFC game or I want to go to a Galaxy game or, I, you know, wherever he lives. I don't know. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where it starts. You got to give him that gateway drug. And if Rexham's that gateway drug for some people, then more power to him and fair play to Ryan and Rob for establishing that and making it feel... Very, very special. Though I do want to say that they could have been an owner and you didn't want to say his name, but LeBron James just took a stray here, okay? I know that he's not... <laughs> he's part of Liverpool's ownership group, but yeah, he's but not really out there making... He probably put a lot of money into Liverpool. They just did that Liverpool kit and he's going to make a lot of money when Liverpool sell that club. Like, that is a smart... Like, he's LeBron James. Like, he puts his name on something it's going to have an, an impact. But for this... And by the way, one of the stats that I just read and, and, and take it for what it is from The Athletic says... The current playing budget at Wrexham is closely guarded, but some National League rivals believe it has climbed north of 3 million pounds and potentially as high as 3.5 million pounds, which some clubs in League One do not even spend that much on a wage bill. Um, well, there you so, go. Hey, you want to be the best, you got to get the best. You know, you know what I'm saying, Heath? You yeah. know, haters going to hate, but if you got the money to spend, what are you going to do about it? All right. So that's it, Heath. Uh, I'm going to call it a show. I do want to say, though, bringing up LeBron James and his involvement in the beautiful game, especially he's here. We got to get him on the show. I think that's my new goal. You know, we, we've had Fuller and Balogun. We're, we're getting hit close to getting him <laughs> locked mm -hmm. in for the U.S. Our next goal is to get LeBron James here on the show 
to mm-hmm. talk about uh, his involvement. And Charlie. We'd love to get Charlie on the show. Yeah, too. Char- getting Charlie on the show would be fantastic. Hopefully, we can make that happen. So we are going to go Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pa- no, excuse me, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. So make sure you circle that on your calendars. We're going to move it up so that Charlie can be a part of it because he's got some Europa League duties on Thursday to take care of. So once again, thank you so much for listening to In Soccer We Trust. Please take a minute, if you can, to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also available on video, so subscribe to us on the YouTubes. If you're watching right now, hit like, subscribe, turn on your notifications, do all that. So on behalf of Producer Des, Producer Alex, maybe Charlie Heath and myself... Conradinho. We will see you on Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Have a good time with your life. Until then, later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.